Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Carrollwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Um, let's go ahead and get the first slide going so that we can um, have the title. Okay, so this will change by the end of, of, the, of the message, but you can clearly see who are you is big, and you might think that's important. And how you act and how you behave and the way you think about yourself can change your relationships with people. And we think, who does God say I am is such a small portion of that because, you know, we, we, we read, we pray, we fellowship, and okay, maybe that's not it. By the end of this, I hope to have those reversed. We're going to be talking about a lot of reversing and flipping today, so get used to it. This is going to be very uncomfortable. All right, we've had a lot of uncomfortable sermons the past couple of weeks. There's no reason to stop now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you um, a little bit of my history, and it's, it's difficult, it's painful, but it's under the blood, and it's in the light, and there's no condemnation in that. And I, I want to tell you my story not to be a victim or for you to have pity on me, but to give God glory. So about 60 years ago, it was a beautiful family. It was a mother, a father, a young boy. And gosh, I really love my father. Um, he used to, you know, put me on his shoulders. He used to make me walk on the ceiling. That's a tough one to try, but you can do it. It's fun. My dad was a fun dad. And um, he used to spend a lot of time with him. Um, we absolutely cherished all the memories I have. And then one day, my mother said, no, he can't live here anymore. That was hard. Um, after that time, there were other men that came in and out of the house. That was hard. Eventually, um, she married another man, and he stayed for a while, and we didn't get along. He didn't get along with me. I didn't get along with him. And my mother didn't get along with me either because I wanted my daddy. I never really felt accepted in this, in this unit um, because I was kind of spoken at. It, uh, this man would refer to me as your son when he was, you know, talking to uh, my mother. And I was constantly um, belittled and shamed, ostracized, and frequently beaten. Um, it was everything I could do to stay alive. It was a survival mode. And that is something very important as fathers, if we're here, to really treat your children as the precious gems and the delicate crystal that they are.
as men, if we don't show love in an appropriate way, it leads to all the problems that we have in sin in this world, in my opinion. We have homosexuality, drugs, addiction, generational curses that get passed down. It's true. And it's preventable. So, men, my brothers, guys that I love, be on guard. Next slide. Because this, you're on. Next slide. <laughs> okay. Well, there's an angry lion who's supposed to be showing his face. All right. This is what's after your children. This is what I faced. At one point, it was forced upon me to change my name. So I was born a burger, but the courts said I have to be Lopez for a while. And it was a way for me to, to hide my identity, to mask who I really was, to have a facade and a, and a shield, a barrier of safety that would protect me from that. And it served me well. Um, I, was, I survived, I lived, um, life went on. But it was a far cry from what I later learned in life to be my true father, someone who's proud, strong, honorable, protective, the king of the jungle. This is an image of our heavenly father. It's an image of who, sh who we should be as men as parents. It doesn't always happen that way. But again, at the end of the story, this is how things end up. So there's a happy ending to all this. God gets the glory. He gets the touchdown. He wins. We live. We get to eat. <laughs> we survive. <laughs> so... I'm going to fast forward in the interest of time. Um, I first met Jesus when I was in school. Um, I had a roommate who had a, a picture on the wall. It was a picture of Jesus. And I was mesmerized by it. I didn't, I didn't know why. I mean, I never grew up with Jesus in my life. But I saw this picture extend a hand. Wow, as real as if any one of you have done it. And that was my introduction to the supernatural because I never understood it, but I knew that I knew that I knew Jesus was calling. Whew. It's really cool stuff. So, 
Um, I finally got, I got baptized, I think it was 1986, might have been April 14th, not that I remember the name, the date, <laughs> but I figured from this point on, things ought to be better, things ought to be great, you know. Um, I said the sinner's prayer, I, I accepted salvation, I understood what Jesus did, why my life is going to be great from this point on but they didn't tell me how much work it was going to be. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know if I would have signed up. <laughs> but the life in Christ is not easy, but life in Christ protects us from the, the, the wages of, of our own sin. So our, our souls have eternal value, and we, we have supernatural protection and I think that is so important because it is as real as real can be. It is more natural than natural in my mind. So I'm going to fast forward to the next slide, please. Um, full disclosure, usually when I give um, talks, I talk to other veterinarians, I talk about surgeries, I use lasers and we have to give a disclosure, you know. So in this way, we're, this is the fine print, okay? All of us, each one of us, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do not judge or you too will be judged. And the reason I say this is because I'm gonna share with you some very, very painful memories and protect myself. No, of course, I don't wanna be judged, but more importantly, I don't want you to be judged for judging me, all right? It's all under the blood, it's in the light, it's been managed, things have changed, things are different. Thank you, God. So, as a young boy, I was exposed to the spirit of murder my parents wanted to kill me. My parents tried to kill me. They wanted to. It didn't happen because there was a greater purpose in my life. And at, at some point, when we had it seemingly all together, I had a beautiful wife who's still with me here today. Thank you, Gail. Love you. <laughs> we, had, we had a child who's here today, too. Thank you for coming, Grace Ann. <laughs> and then, then we had twins two years later. So I had a child in diapers, twins on the way, and something wasn't right. You know, I knew it. I felt it. The twins were born. He figured everything ought to be picture perfect, you know? Accept a Christ as my savior. I've got a thriving business. Uh, I've got a wife who adores me, who I adore. I've got children. We've got a 401k, a swimming pool. Hey, man, there's people lined up behind me who want this guy's life. But something bad happened. That spirit of murder arose. And I wanted to talk to somebody about it, so I did. I went and I found a Christian counselor 
I sat down, talked with them for a little while. The next thing I know, I'm arrested. They came to my house and escorted me to the police department. A restraining order was put out. And the, the, the awkward thing was is the police chief and the arresting officer, the district attorney, were all my clients. I took care of their dogs. <laughs> so, it was a small town. It was, it was very, very unique. Um, so we're going to get through this because the details aren't important. The important thing is that I needed to repent. Because without that, nothing else matters. So I was looking for God. It's like, God, change this situation. Change me. This is, I cannot experience what Job experienced. I lost my kids. I lost my wife. I lost my business. I lost my pride. Everything was gone. So I started looking for God down here. I said, are you here? No. Are you here? No. Here. Here is where I found God. And when I heard say, God say, I love you, it was as if I heard it for the first time ever. It was so clear, it was so pure. It was so holy. It was such a blessing. It's like it touched the deepest part of who I am. And he said, he said, rise. He said, rise. You have nothing to be ashamed of. Because when, when I look at you, I see Jesus. I can't see the sin, because Jesus took that sin. My son, who I love, was sacrificed so that you can rise. <sighs> and it's the repentance that's where we find it forgiveness and that is what will set us free that is the truth the truth is that we have to be honest with each other we have to constantly take up our cross each day because Jesus is on that cross and Jesus died so that we can have this freedom to know that we are loved by God because he sees us as his own because when he looks at us, he sees Jesus, who he loved. Wow. Um, we're going to have to go light speed.
too. Yeah. All right, next slide. By the way, this is all going to be um, on Facebook. We're going to just zip through this. I went through the alphabet of my sins, okay? <laughs> this could take a while, folks, because where I come from is not very pleasant, but where I am is better than a, a thousand days elsewhere because we are in the, the king's courts. So, if you look, I'm very organized, you know, this is a scientific presentation, letter A, the lies that we know about ourselves, you know, are in the left-hand column. The truth of what God says about us is the exact opposite in the right-hand column, the scriptures to back it up. All right, so let's just pick one. Who wants to pick one? Anger. All right, good choice. So, when you're angry, don't let the devil show himself through you. Let the light of Christ shine through you. So, if you're feeling angry, bless the person that you're interacting with or the situation they're acting with, uh, interacting with. Because Luke 6.28 says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Heap burning coals on their head. That's the great way to turn away anger, is to love on somebody. I know. I do it every day. <laughs> Amen, Gail? <laughs> All right. So we're going to have to like, go through the alphabet all the way. Can we go all the way to the end after the last letter? So what you'll find if you visit this online is alphabetically, this is my experience, all right? All the different sins that I've had to wrestle with and all the different scriptures that I have used to transform my mind to think the way Christ thinks of me and to know that I am loved by God unconditionally. Isaiah 54 says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you, and you could stop right there, will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I can't tell you how many times I had to say that to myself over and over and over again on sleepless nights when I couldn't sleep. Well, yeah, that's what a sleepless night is, you know, because I was tormented, because I had not yet been truly redeemed, you know. When I was at that rock bottom place and Christ showed himself to me, and God spoke love into my heart, that is when I felt the redemption. Okay, last slide. So, when you take, take a word that characterizes your bad, bad behavior thoughts, and that's something that you feel the Holy Spirit needs to work on, pray about that. Find an opposite word 
and find the scripture to back up that opposite word and just keep saying that over yourself, taking every thought captive to Christ, that's what it means to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? If there's something that's bothering you in your mind, don't let that take hold of you and change who you are. Instead, change that thought from a biblical perspective and let that change who you are because that's how God sees you, and that is the truth. Unfortunately, I had to learn it the hard way, and it took a while, but I'm glad I got here, and I hope the same for you. Jeremiah 59 says, this is what the Lord says, if you repent, I will restore you so that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Gentlemen, last slide. So, who does God say you are? It's a whole lot bigger and more important than who you think you are or who you are believing the lies from. So, um, if there's anyone in the prayer team, I think they should be coming up now. Slowly move to the front. Take your place at the altar. If there's a moving, if there's a stirring in your heart, if there's something that you need prayer for to strengthen your mind, there are people here who would love to pray with you about that. So before I close, I just want to share a word with you, pray over you, and make this real in your life. So please bow your heads. Let's give thanks to the Lord. Father, I thank you that your word is the truth that we can believe. I thank you that although the world may tell us all the ways we don't measure up, and all the things that we are not, you declare all the good things that we are. We're nothing in ourselves, but help us to remember all that we are because of you and who we are with you in us. When disappointment comes, please send your Holy Spirit to remind us that we're forever loved, forever healed, forever strong, forever forgiven, that we are adopted, whole, purposeful, hopeful, joyful, peace-filled, victorious, powerful, fearful, and wonderfully made, worthy, and we are yours. Father, help us to see all those truths in those around us as well when we're tempted to think of all the negative ways that other people don't measure up to our standard, help us to remember all the beautiful ways you created them. And I thank you, Father, that you've made us a new creation and you've given us a new name. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Carrollwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. 
For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.